0: It's hot chocolate's wonderful, thank you.
1: Never up. Yes. So so you, you gotta do, do the intro? I mean, I can. Yeah.
0: Have I ever told you an anecdote long enough for me to look up and silently listen to an intro of a podcast? Uh-huh. So you see, this one time, I was walking outside of a store, when all of a sudden, I ran into a guy. And the guy, he told me that from Beach City to Homeworld and all the Cosmos in between, this is The Bits, The Steven Universe podcast. Ah.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. If you, if you weren't going to do it, I was going to go, hey, 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 Samuel. <laughs> the Bits!
0: to the aforementioned Bits, a Steven Universe podcast. I'm Sam.
1: I'm Jonathan, drinking tea. (laughs) That's
0: right in the middle of it. And this is just a podcast where we talk off the cuff about Steven Universe. Uh, We're going to be talking about Steven Bomb 8, which was a whopping six episodes this time. Indeed. If you're new to the podcast, the way this works, I do notes. I don't. And we do a quick summary of each episode and then talk about our feelings around it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can check out our backlog of other stuff, or you can check out, if you don't particularly like Steven Universe and you like us, or you like us and Steven Universe and you want to hear us talk about other cartoons, check us out on in a town called Duckburg where we talk about the
1: 2017 DuckTales. And also, I, I'm planning to just put... <laughs> Put these on separate SoundClouds and stuff, and have a RS feed through those, so you can probably look forward to iTunes feeds and stuff.
0: That means one day you can listen to
1: us on Podcast Attic
0: app. Not sponsored by them, I just enjoy them. Oh, that's a good app. So, without further ado, uh, got my notes pulled up in front of me. The episodes for this one, just make sure everyone's on the right page, are... Dewey Wins, Jimcation, Raising the Barn, I don't know the name of that episode because I put a joke answer, Sadie Killer, and Kevin Party.
1: Uh, did you call it Jimcation?
0: Yeah, Jimcation was the second one. Oh, wait. Uh, I don't oh, know what it's one. called, I called it Back to the Lab again, but we'll get there. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm gonna be doing some Googling this time around.
1: Yeah? Alright, so let's get started. Okay, uh, so so we're starting off with Dewey wins Dewey wins Jonathan cue that awkward intro the pits.
0: Man, I never get tired of hearing that song. All right so starting off Dewey wins Steven's back from homeworld yeah and he goes and he talks to Connie about how scary everything was and Jonathan decided to be terribly un- unprofessional and not mute his phone for this podcast. Uh, I apologize. All sorts of noises. Oh, gosh. And so, after Jonathan silenced his cell phone, Connie realized she was hurt by that, but she was more hurt by the fact that Steven didn't let her help. She thought they were jam buds and Stefani and all these good partner things, and she felt a little bit betrayed. Hmm. Steven couldn't un- understand why, and she left online. And that created not only an upset in Steven, but our driving subplot of our entire arc of the Steven Bomb. So, what did Steven do? He didn't go after her. He didn't try to find a way to track Lion. But he ran. Straight into a filler episode.
1: He ran. He ran so far away. Copyright strike.
0: Because it was such a pitch-perfect render. We're going to get flagged. Watch this video while you
1: can. Good hey, gosh. All right. But, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I felt like this was a good, good uh, start to the uh, plot through line of these six episodes.
0: Oh, yeah. This one felt a lot stronger than Topaz and Aquamarine from uh, Last Stephen Bomb ominously looming like cartoon
1: network aliens in, in, indeed because uh what'd you call it i i feel like a character feeling a certain feeling all all throughout the six episodes is better than just like trying to shoehorn silhouettes into every episode
0: yeah this one felt like where usually Stephen bombs have <clears throat> faulted in my opinion that they don't feel like they can stand on their own as episodes. Hmm. I feel like this one could work emotionally. Of like, okay, Stephen was going through stuff during this time period, but the
1: episodes themselves are standalone adventures. Indeed, uh, a lot, a lot of the just like distance between uh, Stephen and Connie, Connie throughout these these episodes, is especially within within the first, because it really really strike strikes home everything that changed changes and everything and i i felt like a it was a big thing of steven thought he was going to come back and everything was going to be the same but there's repercussions to his actions
0: oh totally uh my first note the steven and connie scene felt for me very reminiscent of in teen titans when tara mysteriously came back and they never really explained in the cartoon Mm -hmm. <clears throat> when she was in the school and Beast Boy was kind of stalking her. When uh, she's in the hallway and she's like, I'm not who you think I am. I'm just a girl with a geometry test that I haven't studied. And then she like backs up and disappears in the faceless shadow people that are her fellow classmates. Mm-hmm. And it just felt re- very reminiscent of that scene. And I haven't had too much that reminds me of Teen Titans vibes uh, in terms of storytelling. And I don't know if it's just because it's more prominent on the network now with them playing the old episodes or if it's specifically because we're entering a new style of storytelling for the show. Mm. But overall, it felt like the similarities definitely represented a tone shift between this episode and the last one we saw.
1: Although with I I feel like uh what'd you call it 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 connects very well like going from, from the last Steven Bomb to to here with uh what you call it, like everyone's feeling different emotions, Sadie's just like crushed that Lars is on in space now. Uh what'd you call it? The townspeople are up up in arms about like Aliens were planning on inducting everybody, hey. and Mayor Dewey didn't do anything about it.
0: And that launched our filler episode plot: Gunga's going to war. Yeah, <coughs> not the person I thought would be running yeah. <laughs> against Mayor right. Dewey, but yeah, <laughs> I thought if anything, it would be, uh, oh, what's his name, Fryman.
2: Hmm.
1: Maybe I could see that. I don't. I don't know why, but. Out of the,
0: the 24 people that live in Beach City, according to Mayor Dewey, uh, I feel like he and the pizza shop owner, whose name I forget, uh, I felt like those two would be the ones to run for mayor. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, <laughs> what'd you call it? They control the only food sources.
0: <laughs> You're right. Too much power. Uh, so Gunga yeah. has decided that she's mad about all the people getting abducted by aliens in The Last Stephen Bomb. See, we're all mad about The Last Stephen Bomb. <laughs> and so she's running for mayor. And she has the lovely chant, when I say, do we want Dewey, you say no.
1: gosh.
0: And all I could think there was, wow, Gunga has having second thoughts about the DuckTales reboot too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it reminds me of uh, the WWE's reaction to Roman Reigns' And how they would try to, how fans would try to like root for him and then people would shut him down. Like, we love Rowan. No, <laughs> <we don't>. <laughs> no, we don't. We love Rowan. No, we don't. And just, just shutting, shutting the whole notion that we'd ever like this person. <laughs> uh
0: that's, well, anyway. Uh, stuff goes down. Dewey has to accept the fact he's useless. Mm. And
1: we have a new mayor. Yeah. Uh, and it felt very somber in the name of this one. It's just, like, yeah, Dewey lost, and Steven has to realize, like, yeah, <laughs> you can't. Can't make make decisions and expect everyone to agree with them, yeah. or not take action.
0: <laughs> it was interesting because Dewey's character in this one. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, can I talk about an Adult Swim show and not have anything?
1: Uh, Do a disclaimer first. Okay. Uh,
0: disclaimer. This is going to be the show Moral Oral uh, on Adult Swim back in like the early two thousands. Uh, I'm not going to go into anything raunchy or anything, but mm. spoiler alert for that. Uh, <clears throat> and if you're watching on YouTube, we'll put a time frame when I'm done talking about this if you just want to stick general audiences, even though there shouldn't be anything too inappropriate. Uh, we've, Throughout the series Moral Oral, uh, his dad had a dead-end job that he constantly referred to and hated. Mm. And in, I believe, season three... You found out that he was the mayor of the town, Uh, or else he's uh, wanting to get something banned from the town, and uh, he's told he has to go talk to the mayor, so he gets to the mayor's office, and he's like, Mr. Mayor, I need to talk to you, and then the chair spins around, and it's his dad, and he's like, Dad, I had no idea you were the mayor." and he's like, yeah, stupid dead-end job, and he just kind (laughs) of sags, sat on his desk. And you find out that he just hates being the mayor, but he does it because it's the only thing that he's capable of doing in the town. Yeah. And that's what it felt like with Dewey. It was like, I'm mayor for the sake of being mayor. Mm. I'm not exactly good or bad
1: at it, but I get by. Do you call it? And it seems like he's only mayor because no one else was just like, hey, we need a mayor. <laughs> he was just like, hey, we need a mayor. Everyone's just like, uh yeah it's high school all over again <laughs> exactly <laughs> Mayor Dewey proclaimed he de- declared himself the president
0: of high school or no the uh, mayor, mayor of high, of high school. school which my only thought was what would his responsibilities be if he actually had any and then how would that work like is he higher than the class presidents or because if it's a high school like typical one there'd be four of them mm-hmm. so is it like four presidents and the mayor <laughs>
1: I want to imagine he just, just like, I'm the mayor of this high school, (laughs) and I think. (laughs) Just like, did did we do an election for that? (laughs) You know, he walked around with a sash that he made. Gosh. Like, it had, like, iron-on letters. It just said, mayor. But, um, Dewey's always been, uh, what'd you call it, stock- corrupt politician character within the series now he's stock pathetic
0: (laughs) corrupt politician character
1: yeah but i i feel like it it's real life repercussions for his actions it's just like you can't do anything as mayor for mayor for too long or people start to get mad about it yeah the whole thing was
0: just kind of funny that like, all these characters you don't really think about too often in the grand scheme of Steven Universe. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, they've got lives in the background. Yeah. And I feel like this is uh, the crew universe taking a step toward addressing that fact that life goes on without Steven. Exactly. And that's what the whole bomb felt a lot like. Yeah. Go back to that Sash idea, though. Do you think you'd just be mayor or anything if you declare it loud enough? Yeah. <laughs> if I go into, like, Wendy's... Like if we go to eat after this, if I have a sash on at Wendy's, can I be mayor of Wendy's? I don't think they can stop you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. How far can this power go? Yush. Somebody send the channel just a sash that says mayor, please. <laughs> I don't need a top hat of Monocle, I won't go that far, but I wanna be mayor of anything. <laughs> <laughs> mayor of anything. That's title. <laughs> You know what? Yeah, right now, on record, I am declaring myself the mayor of anything—not
1: <laughs> everything. Yeah, anything. Anything is wonderful because it's just like, are you mayor of this? I could be. <laughs> yeah, it's the only time will tell.
0: I could be mayor of your watch. I could be mayor of the sun. I could be mayor of a couple things at the same time that I'm not entirely sure what they are. But I am mayor of anything. (laughs) I'm declaring it here first. If you don't like it, run against me. (laughs) Speaking of running against, I totally agree with Gunga's reason for going up against Bear Dewey. And what exactly? That she's just like, yeah, he didn't do anything against the alien invasion. Like, that's a little much. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just a dude. But when he's just like, yeah, I totally didn't. And then he's just like, Upset because the people are upset, and then he thinks they're upset because there's no one working at Big Donut, and they're more upset that Lars could be dead. Yeah. Like, he shows a genuine disconnect from people, and I feel like Gungo was right in saying we need to get a mayor who doesn't necessarily fix everything, but just acts and gets stuff together and works with people. Yeah. And as a community. And we won't even... Talk about what sort of allegories the current universe is trying to make about modern politics. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to skip that entirely. Mm. <laughs> That's fair.
1: That can be rough on the general audience. Agreed. So, uh, are, you, are you clear on, on this episode? Any final thoughts? Uh, <clears throat> ironically, we covered both DuckTales and uh,
0: Steven Universe. <laughs> and uh, Kate Makushi plays both Sadie and Webby. Ah. And she was very present in uh this Steven Bomb and uh previous and she's getting more singing, which is nice. But it's weird we don't see it in DuckTales. But I wonder if it's just a difference in character.
1: Oh yeah. Uh I'm almost, also saying as a sidebar to that, we will be doing doing the rest of the DuckTales episodes. Oh yeah, totally. They're just coming out way too fast for us to actually act. They're on like nine now, man. Exactly. Who does this this regular release schedule in this modern time of cartoons? We're grown men talking about cartoons on the internet. We can't be expected to keep up. Exactly. It took two weeks or a month for a Gravity Falls episode. Uh.
0: Jokes aside, uh, the second episode of the Ducktales podcast did come out because I saw the handful of people saw it. Our yeah. usual viewers, uh, we had some syncing issues that we're gonna fix and then re-release it. Uh, so that's just been uh, unlisted. Yes, so uh, the, that next, one fixed, that, the next one that comes out, <laughs> mm. if you've already seen the second one, it's gonna be a re-release of that. So I don't think our schedule's weird or anything. But yeah. after that, it's gonna be back to new content. Exactly. So now that we got that out of the way, <clears throat> uh, one of my gripes with this episode, and I didn't have many at all, some of the f- foreground art looked a little cheap. Mm. Uh, when Mayor Dewey, when they were doing their speeches, Gunga, when she's talking at her podium, looked normal. And like, At one point she holds her hands up in the air and all I could think of was Goku, but it, her interacting with it and the microphone looked alright. Mayor Dewey's looked like it was photoshopped in front of him. Mm. And Jonathan, if you could put up a Screenshot here for the YouTube viewers. Okay. I apologize for the uh, audio audience. I won't do this often, but it just—it looks weird. Mm. Like, it looks like it was drawn on different layers of an animation, like old school cell animation.
1: I will I will say that this this uh what you call it Stephen Bomb was very much. More compressed, just because, because like usually we we get like at least like thirteen minute episodes. All of them ran this time like ten to eleven.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that was because we did get the additional episodes. It was like yeah, this yeah. story doesn't need to be as as you said compressed. We can kind of get a little looser with it. And I felt like they avoided a lot of <coughs> the front loading with it when Stephen has his conversation with Mayor Dewey, he doesn't immediately come out and, like, state the obvious moral of, like, you can't just expect people to be okay with what you're... Oh! Yeah. Like, they... We've run into that in the past, but this time, he starts the conversation and reached that point, and it felt like... And I don't want to get too psychology-heavy here, but it felt like a natural development of how the mind works and how he reached a self-realization by communicating a third-party problem and it's just like yes that feels very
1: organic and nice Mm. i i like it more this this way just because like you can see him like learning through like failing to get what he what he wanted out of this election just like i i want mayor mayor dewey back as mayor and just like no you can't have have that because this reason just like oh i i realize what I, what I actually did, did wrong reflecting on this this situation.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and it's a style of storytelling that I'm liking a lot. Uh, and it's a trend I'm starting to see in cartoons. It hasn't hit real big yet. But where actions in random, wacky situations suddenly have consequences. Mm-hmm. Not of like, you shot this man so he's gonna stay dead in the next episode kind of thing. But like... <clears throat>
1: Uh, uh, it can be great for comedic purposes.
0: <laughs> uh, mayor Dewey doesn't get reelected because he's been a bad mayor in the past. That character type caught up to him. Uh, BoJack Horseman, the Netflix series, uh, has a bit where in one episode someone steals the D on the Hollywood sign, and it never gets returned at the end of the episode, so it just stays missing, <laughs> and for the rest of the series the sign says holly woo and everyone in the show refers to it as "Hollywoo" because that's what the sign says mm. and it's those nice very small changes it's just like yeah of course this is how the world would react yeah everybody changes in accordance to this change yeah and it feels like a very accountable cartoon just like yes we are realize that what we're doing has consequences and yes aliens
1: are kidnapping people and yes that's going to matter to the townspeople and what you call it i i feel i kind of wish that uh stuff like this would would have come up earlier like when uh gosh the gym gym ship came in the first time with with jasper and peridot yeah, we when didn't ev- miss that. Every, yeah, and everyone drove drove off and everything. Mm. I, I felt like that would have been a great opportunity to just like punch that that in right there, just like, hey, we're we're actually afraid of these issues. Well, we kind of got it in a way.
0: Uh, I don't want to talk about Ronaldo. Uh, Ronaldo <laughs> suddenly being afraid of crystal gems and thinking they were rock lizard people. Yeah. <laughs> that was weird. That wasn't a good episode. But I, I feel like a big reason we didn't episode. get it prior you're lucky. It's a bad episode. <laughs> good gosh. Anyway, uh I feel like a reason that we didn't see it earlier isn't just like a lack of foresight or thought on the crater part, but that the fact that it only affected the crystal gems. Beach City people saw it and were scared, but the day was saved, so they had no reason to worry. Mm. But later on, when it's people in the town disappearing, it's not just their problem anymore, it's our problem. We have to be accountable for it. That's when you get more of the town's opinion and their fears coming out, because it's no longer something that they can ignore because it's affecting
1: them. Mm. And uh kind of stern as we we go further into these episodes you you see that reflection on on everyone
0: a oh, big time there's a lot of great self reflection in this hmm. uh my last note for this one what the heck is a city welcome at? <clears throat> Mayor Dewey as he's leaving says the key to the city is under the city
1: welcome. Oh, Yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> as he sat sadly slumped away. <laughs> What'd you call it? I, I just imagined it as a giant <laughs> giant rug on in front of Beach City because that's what <laughs> Mayor Dewey spends spends beach city tax tax dollars on. <laughs> and writers
0: to come up with their rival town's insult jokes. What is it, Ocean City? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to do wrap up
1: so we want to go to the next one. Yeah. Um, this is a it I. <clears throat> Again, I, I feel like, con- content of this episode was light, but it, it 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 completed the the purpose that it that it wanted to. Oh yeah. Uh,
0: all in all, not my favorite episode. But it's also not my least favorite that I've seen. It was very simple and easily digested. And it was a great way to get Steven some character development in a natural way that only slightly got off track from the main problem of trying to get to Connie. Mm -hmm. And it's been a much stronger first episode for Steven bomb than we've had in the last few. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those of you who knew the podcast, I do ratings. Jonathan does not. Indeed. Uh, I give this one 3.5 out of 5. Stuff, a little better than average. <clears throat> but overall it just seemed kinda of basic. Yeah. Especially compared to what we get later on. But we'll get to
1: that. So we we moving on to Jim Cation now. Say the weird thing. The bits. Wait. <laughs> was was the bits not the weird thing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <coughs> Jim Cation. Yeah. Jonathan. Yes. Tell me what happened in Jim Cation.
1: Uh, did you call it? Uh, Dad Universe. What did you call it, Greg. Greg. <laughs>
0: if you want to click off now I completely understand with this terrible unprofessionalism as I sit here and judge you while texting (laughs)
1: gosh (laughs) jeez but yeah uh, Greg feels like uh, Steven's on edge from from coming back from from Homeworld and everything so him and, and the gems go on vacation and onto a uh Party, lake house. Is it a lake house or is it just a cabin? That was just cabin. I don't remember any lakes. don't mm. huh. They, I think they kind of announced it as lake house. Correct me if I'm wrong. It but was, it was a ranch, because okay. the
0: ranch itself was called Cool Ranch.
1: Ah, cool. Yeah. So yeah, they go go there. Uh, Stephen stuck stuck in his phone, and. Greg in the gym's trying to figure out why like a millennial. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but it 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 takes the problem and actually dissects it from from the young young person's perspective. There
0: are no friends in that phone. <laughs> He's just obsessed with technology.
2: Yeah.
0: He's not upset with his friends. He's upset with the phone.
1: Yeah. So, what do you call <clears that? throat> I like the fact that it goes into uh what you call it? everyone's just like, "Oh, it's it's because he's upset about about uh did you call it homeworld? <laughs> he's upset about being abducted by
0: aliens <laughs> for a war crime.
1: Yeah, but everyone's just like, like yeah, we he's he's really sad and he's, he just wants to look at his phone fo- phone now. There's no particular reason he would be looking at his phone other than just being upset, and nobody actually at, ask him like. Hey, what's wrong? It's always just like, Hey, let me try to solve the problem without knowing what the problem is.
0: Hey, put down your phone and enjoy nature. Yeah. And people around you.
1: <laughs>
0: Indeed. Stop tweeting on Facebook. Good gosh.
1: <laughs> you can throw in your, uh, what you call it? You're your checking your, your bank account to see if you can eat story
0: here. <laughs> okay. Uh... One time I was uh, I was at the mall if I remember right yeah. <clears throat> and uh, this is ne- this isn't the cause of my dislike of that mindset of millennials are terrible because of technology uh, but <clears throat> I was okay. at the mall and looking uh, for I believe a gift for some occasion or another. And I bought the gift, and then at the time, I was a little low on cash. And I was thinking, I need to go on my phone and check my bank and make sure I have enough uh, money to get something to eat because I didn't want to overdraw and have all that adult stuff hit me. Uh, so I'm checking my bank, and I'm sitting there typing in my login information, and a guy walks up to me, or past me, and he just goes, Age of the Zombie! And he's just looking like, Checking to see if I can afford to eat. (laughs) And he just, like, was so smug about the way he said it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not... I get it, I'm walking around with my head in my phone, but that's because I'm trying to get to the
1: food court and trying to see if I can afford to do anything once I'm there. Exactly. I I feel like it's... (laughs) It's a disconnect of just like hey there's things within this device it's, I'm not just staring at it <laughs> I think they did a good job of pointing that out and it was interesting
0: because we knew as the audience what was going on mm-hmm. yeah the outside uh, world outside of Stephen didn't <clears throat> and it was almost a situation of like a dramatic irony that all the people that were trying to help him were helping him with for the wrong reason but we knew what was up and
1: also, friggin' uh, him cutting off Garnet in that epic monologue she's about to start. Oh man, tell me about it. What did you call it? Friggin' the whole, like, the, the whole, like, scene picture and everything, and Garnet puts on her dramatic voice. just wonderful yeah (laughs) and then it's just like yeah yeah i know (laughs) And just like oh so so you do
0: (laughs) the flashbacks are amazing Uh, also who is that little gem that was sitting next to them that looked kind of like a square peridot in the flashback uh had a nervous face did we ever get it introduced to a gem like that? I don't think so. I think it's a teaser of things to come, but it's just like, who that? Yeah, I wonder who that is. Uh, Going through my notes, and I just do them. The way my notes work, I just write them as I'm watching the episode. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of stopping and starting. I'm terrible to watch Steven Universe with. Uh, I liked watching Greg fight the uh, (laughs) hoses at the beginning. Yes. Where he's just like, fight that hose, Greg. Fight it until (laughs) the scene is sufficiently stolen. Gosh! <laughs> Chewing the scenery so hard, taking out everything. Freaking!
1: Steven's lamenting over here. Greg's like, "No, watch my funny antics, though." So. I was watch watching <clears throat> it with Hunter, and would you call it freaking? He, Hunter just goes like, did it, "Did it? just? Did Steven just chomp, chomp through that hose with his bear teeth?"
0: <laughs> it was again very Goku. Like that's all I was thinking was like, "There's that Dragon Ball influence, by yeah. the enemy." <laughs> Goku, pretend
1: it's a cheeseburger.
0: <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, another part I liked, where uh, Stephen bit through the hose, and I thought this was really cool. Where mm-hmm. after he realizes he destroyed his dad hose, he, he's just like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, please don't hate me." Yeah. I was like, "Wow, Stephen's
1: having some psychological trauma here." Exactly. And what did you call it? it it's continuing <clears throat> off that. Just like Connie hates him. Now he's he's <laughs> hoping that, like, uh, every action isn't that that detrimental to his life.
0: Yeah, it was really sad, too. It was like, I can tell this is gonna be, like, a theme Oh yeah. throughout this, like, steam bomb, and I'm already sad. Mm. And then we get the reveal, which Greg steals the scene once again, where he says, it's okay. I've got, like, nine million dollars left. <laughs> it's like, what else do I spend it on other than houses? Yeah. It's like, Alright, Greg's a millionaire again. Put that back on the
1: plot board. Did you know I've never done it? I I just... I see something horribly bad happen, and just, like, I I go, like, well, take one million off, he's still rich, though. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like, I don't know, at the end, when they stopped doing rich Greg bits, I thought they Mm. were for sure saying, like, yep, his money's gone now, we're gonna go back to normal. And then just like throwing out, like I've still got like nine million dollars. <laughs> like, you say it so casually, Greg. Yeah. Can we talk about a small
1: loan? <clears throat> One that doesn't get reimbursed. Say it. <laughs> it's. It's wonderful though. It it allows them to, like, go on, like more extravagant adventures and things.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, so the whole time Steven's waiting for Connie to text. Yeah he's getting texts Mm -hmm. from the worst character on the show Uh, and i've just got written in my notes like three or four times once again ronaldo gets in the way
1: (laughs) (laughs) but it's a very real real feeling of what you call it waiting from from a text from somebody after you you say something and you're just like i hope this works i hope this works i hope this works and then you get that message back and it's just like it's from the one person you don't want to talk to right now.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> but his texts were like, okay, one of his texts, after he spoiled the series he was talking to Steven about, he says, sorry, that's a spoiler, but it's like one of those spoilers that makes it better if you already know, question mark? That statement doesn't exist. <laughs> you spoiled a thing and thought about asking about it later. <laughs> You're the worst kind of person.
1: Good <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like honest Honestly, like whenever the text would come up and just like, oh my gosh, just just get this off the screen right now. I just kept writing go away
0: Ronaldo and Ronaldo gets in the way of actual plot again. Yeah. Every time Steven Universe dedicates time to Ronaldo, there is
1: time in the universe being wasted. <laughs> I, I feel like they're flaunting it now. And just like, yeah, everyone hates real. Life. Let's just go, go home with it.
0: No. <laughs> so anyway, just to dress Stephen before they go to Cool Ranch mm. <clears throat> is kind of lamenting. And there was a cool visual gag I really liked where he's washing the dishes, but he's using the bottle of soap. Oh, yeah. I was just like, that's so good. Yeah. I was Cause I, like, <laughs> you get those moments where you're just like, I feel dead inside. Exactly. And I'm just gonna sit here and do something productive, but... Then since you're so messed up, you're not actually washing, you're just rubbing soap bottle on it. <clears throat> it was so good. Yeah. I I watched watched that movie and I was just like, good bit, good bit. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh the gems and Greg come in and they tell Steven, uh, you should go on vacation and we should all come and be there and have fun. And Oh they do awkward like line reading.
1: Yeah. I although what did you call it? I I felt like even though it's awkward line reading, it's it felt like a very, very Sammy, did you drop
0: something? I dropped my phone on the floor. <laughs> Keep talking. Okay. <laughs> you went between your couch. Good <laughs> gosh.
1: <laughs> but uh yeah. Uh
0: Derailing. <laughs>
1: derailing
0: the episode and proving a point in the moment yeah okay so
1: yeah um i felt like even even if there were awkward lines there were just like it felt kind of like uh just static version of what what the gems usually say so I was just like, ah, uh, I don't I don't know about this. Even Garnet like misinterpreting what she needs to do in the situation felt kind of like flat for me. I was like, uh look at Steven, <laughs> nod, agree with Amethyst. <laughs> with more enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> like too much. Yeah, it's <clears throat> like as as a whole, it it's good, but I just I, I felt like it could have. Being away from the from the gym so long, it just feels like they're they're flat characters now. Who wrote that joke? You're in trouble. Somebody <laughs> tell me who wrote that joke.
0: <laughs> don't do that. As the mayor of anything, I'm
1: now the mayor of putting the person who wrote that joke in trouble. Good okay, gosh! Don't. A lesson to the internet as a whole: don't put put individual writers and, and things on last. <laughs> Unless they're just a horrible person like between the the show that they're on. Just don't (coughs) do don't do that because if they're a novice writer or something everyone makes mistakes. Nope. (laughs) Except that guy or girl.
0: They're in trouble. Wonderful. So says the mayor of anything. Don't actually go after him but you know like let me know who they are. (laughs) (laughs) No. Mayor of anything will take care of it. Gosh. Speaking of that moment, yeah, Amethyst did a weird thing with an egg. Oh, yeah. That felt like it was going on some gross side, I don't understand, but I was just like, why did we stop the episode for this?
1: Even Steven's grossed out. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's like, it's an egg. It's like, They're farm fresh. Like, I don't know what that was for. That was for something. Or somebody. But I don't understand why. It was for nobody and no one. (laughs) Somebody chose to put that there. And make her say that. And I don't get it. Yeah. And we wasted, like, five seconds on it.
1: Gosh. Oh, I want, want that line for you to be at least, like like, 20 bucks or something, <laughs> I I want the voice actors to be be, like, actually well-paid for that one line, just because that was... That was <laughs> Maybe it's a reference mm. I don't understand,
0: or, like, a fan nod. I don't... Mm. I don't know. I don't want to know what it's nodding to. <laughs> My next note, and I'm not sure what it refers to. If this happens a lot on this podcast, welcome. Yeah. It says, Darn it, Garnet, you're smashing the bread, please. All in caps. And there was a point where she, had, in this episode, had groceries and was like smacking them with her fist. Hmm. And then I, I only bring it up because later on when they do terrible line reading again, I wrote Darn it, Garnet, you're smashing the roll, please. <laughs> So, I don't know what that really connects to, but it's there. (coughs) Uh, One thing we find out, that was before Greg was rich, he just broke into people's houses.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, (laughs) it's a big turn from just, just, (laughs) (laughs) twisting on door knobs and hoping one opens. (laughs) Like, Greg just breaks into people's houses. Well, oh my gosh, uh, what's Onion Lady's name?
0: Videl? Or, not Videl, uh, Videlia. Yeah. Videl's Dragon Ball again. I'm thinking
1: about Dragon <laughs> Ball Z, if that's not clear. <laughs> so are the St- Steven Universe creators. And writers. Occasionally. So anyway, back to Videl. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess after he gets kicked out of air, <laughs> he had
0: to do something. <laughs> uh, so we're going back to, like, early 2000s, late 90s, Greg. Yeah. And he's just, like, wandering around breaking people's ass. I like it. Uh... So when they get to the vacation home finally, uh, it's called Cool Ranch. So I can only assume that the mountain landscape behind them is called Mountain Dew.
1: Yeah. Do we ever find out what happened to Party Dude? <laughs> <laughs> because I, I feel like I, I my party guy was the best. Yeah, friggin' I. <laughs> we saw him once <laughs> when he was announced, and I, I feel like I, I'm. Did I miss
0: something? Pearl or did got just bit <laughs> by a snake, and that was where the joke ended. Okay. Which is just like, when they're at the time skip, and she's sitting there crying in the corner, it's like, we're gems, like, it, it she's gonna be fine. <laughs> it's like, it's the emotional pain. <laughs> she's like, okay, Pearl. <clears throat> but I like Party Guy. Party Guy was cool. Yeah. So, the gems are trying to take care of Steven, mm-hmm. and uh, Garnet's in the hot tub with Greg, and this line stuck with me, just because it was something that Estelle had to say, was uh, when Greg's like, I gotta get out of here, I'm becoming a raisin, she says, "Steven, you should join me, become a raisin. <laughs> yes!
1: That was a good line. That was a good. I was good like, that's, line. Let's
0: get Garnet read.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> like I, I was really happy with that one.
1: I wasn't happy with with a uh, bad, bad line reading Garnet, but I was, I was happy with that. <laughs> well, it brought back her like
0: sage like character quality. Mm. In this episode, Garnet felt like she was weirdly lacking insight on people. Oh, yeah. Like, mm. I wonder if all the effort to allow Stephen to come to terms, like, with his own stuff. Like, if that was intentional. Because, like, you know she has future vision. Yeah. So did she maybe... Because, you know, Sapphire was trying to work on not being emotionally detached and getting to let people process their feelings, and uh, Ruby was trying not to process so much. So I wonder if Garnet was trying to let Stephen naturally... Get through his pain rather than tell him like Connie's gonna call it, uh in two days, but you're not getting reception right now, so you
1: don't have any way to talk to her. Oh oh no, I I would say two things. Hmm. Uh, one, she can't can actually predict the she can predict all the variations of the future, so she doesn't know which one.
0: Right, yeah. but at the same time she knows she's wrong mm. because in the future they figure out what the actual Steven problem is. Yeah. It may be different in each future, but it's not like multiverse theory where there's different Stevens. It's the same Steven just being reacted on by different stimuli. He's still already upset with Con- because of Connie because it already happened in the past. I don't know. Uh, what did you call it? As we saw it explained in the episode where she uh, discusses her future vision and grants it to Steven. Mm. It doesn't give you, like, this is anything that could happen ever. It gives you, this is the multiple paths from the path you're on. Hmm. And Steven had already been upset by Connie. Yeah. So that path was already
1: see, linear. here. I, I saw it as, uh, what'd you call it, that you could see the path, path in which she possibly finds out what steven steven's said about in just the other two paths you don't get any information
0: right but at the same time she still has that path which is knowledge as opposed to awkwardly reading lines and trying to figure
1: out what's up my second thing is future sight was not into account in this episode no not at all what'd you call it i i sat there and i was just like future sight because i really thought about it you know it's just like yeah they're you're not using it this episode. <laughs> I think
0: it can be justified though with the ruby and sapphire thing of Garnet was aware of the end but had but was awkwardly going along because she's not used to being present. And that could even justify like the weird line reading now that I think about it because she's not a- used to actively trying to be in the situation because she already knows the end but because she wants Steven to be able to have the natural emotional development and processes feelings appropriately. It's like, I'll just stick to the script, which I'm not used to
1: reading. So I'm gonna read this terribly. Okay. See? <clears throat> but then what? what's the l- use of, like, breaking into that monologue or doing doing all, all the other things that she that did?
0: Because she was set up to do them with future vision. Like, The way I see it, just as justification, not as, like, how it happened, more, like, just theory. Yeah. Because Garnet's working on being emotionally stable herself, she was just like, I'm gonna let Steven do this, which means I gotta be a little awkward. I felt like the past thing like where she got all into the flashback was cause she was like oh this is the part where I tell Steven about this thing and I'm confident I know about this thing so I'm gonna tell Steven like I always do and that'll cheer him up and he'll be happy
2: mm.
0: so okay. I feel like it got caught up in the familiar of like I can't do emotion development but I can do this mm. I can deliver that exposition
1: flashback
2: yeah.
1: although <coughs> thinking, thinking back on it what you call it Darn it's not not too this this detached from like what humans do right uh i'm I'm talking like separ- separately from this whole uh discussion of future side and everything yeah just because I I felt like I don't know this this one kind of like distanced a lot of the gems way way far farther than the <clears throat> further than they usually are oh I agree it was
0: unnatural and weird I'm just trying to justify it as like there's seeds of characters with Ruby and Sapphire that can make this work mm. if we think about it hard enough. Oh, yeah. But just watching it, it was weird. I Half my notes is, this is weird. Yeah. At one point, uh, they had like weird backgrounds where the backgrounds were disproportionate again. and I know everyone freaked out about Peridot's hair being weird sizes. Oh, there's they ha- more. <laughs> they had a giant barrel on the porch. Like, they had a rocking chair and then next to it was just this huge barrel. Yeah. And I was just like, is Donkey Kong in that thing? That <laughs> massive. Good gosh. And it just looked weird and took me out of it for a minute. But I don't want to complain too much because Crew Universe has gotten enough stuff about...
1: Oh, yeah. Would you call it the, the amount of just, like... Animation complaints and in, in each in like episodes from from here and here and there, just like can fill fill a book, and that that's why I just choose to just like man, yeah, it's it's there. Steven <laughs> Universe art book now available,
0: <laughs>
1: with one page protected.
0: <laughs> oh, let's not talk about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Overall, though, like then we got to see when Greg figured out what was up. And, like, Stephen was upset, and he's like, Steven, you don't have reception. And immediately Steven's like, we need to go. Greg was all for it because yeah. he was concerned about his son. Yeah. And I, I really felt for Greg in this one as, like, concerned parent because he was just like, I need to cheer my son up. And I don't know about space stuff, but I can give him a place away from everything, let him decompress, and let him just feel like he's in a place with people that love him.
1: And then when he figures out it's something else, he's like, okay, something else, let's go. Yeah, uh, what did you call it? Uh, when on, on that, I, I thought it was really cool that he was just like, I usually I can't handle the space stuff, but you need to tell me the space stuff if, if it's messing with Steven. Yeah. And what did you call it? Two freaking... <laughs> freaking... Heartbreak King. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, it's girl problems. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> Poor Greg. Uh,
0: another good line from Steven was the reveal when he finally tells them he's not upset. <laughs> when he said, I'm not upset about what happened on, on Homeworld. Though, yeah, a lot of that was messed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that got me big time. Mm. So anyway, they were racing to get reception for Stephen because the big reveal was he just didn't have cell service. Yeah. And then he gets to the top of a cliff which props to Greg where he's just like I'll drive as far <laughs> on this cliff as it I'm allowed to do by the laws of physics <laughs> before yeah. we die. Exactly. He's just going like uh, buddy we're, we're running out of room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm about to run up a cliff. And then we get the big reveal of another text from Ronaldo. Yeah. To which I just wrote uh, uh does enough ages?
1: I hate Ronaldo, <clears throat> but it's it's a good uh, lesson of just like hey, let people have have their space and, and just kind of <laughs> continue on and they'll they'll come back.
0: <laughs> Can Steven just reply to Ronaldo not now though? Please. Yeah, that that'd help. <laughs> <laughs> like, or just the automatic <laughs> notification of like I'm away from my phone. I will reply to you at this time or whatever. Mm. Like, Ronaldo was just annoying. <laughs> But anyway, I feel like we got a lot of sweet stuff from Greg on this one, and we got a lot of emotional processing from Steven, all weird gems aside. The Cool Ranch and Mountain Dew joke was my best joke for this episode. Hmm. You want to do wrap ups?
1: Yeah. Uh, What did you call it? Gems written weird. Uh, What did you call it? The center of the episode was nice. I like it how they carried uh, Steven's kind of like duh I I'm not sure about this, the situation attitude over.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, it felt
0: like a solid episode. Weirdly, it felt like it was longer than it was, but not in a bad way. Hmm. Like there are some shows that they just have those episodes that feel like they're an hour long. Oh. But in the, this one is just like this. Felt like it was like thirty minutes. Good pace. But not in the bad way. It was good pacing. Uh, I felt like the character development had a greater depth than we see often between, like, Steven and Greg. Oh, yeah. Not so much from the gems. Uh, and it really felt like it was motivating and driving the rest of the Steven bomb in a very clear direction. And it felt like the characters that were getting development were being, develop-me- de- were being, development- being developed in a way that would improve the character throughout the story and not just be like an episode wipe where okay I learned this lesson I'll go back to the next week when I don't know it anymore <clears throat> but overall it was a good episode I think I gave it four and a 4.5 out of 5 and that's all I got to say about that yeah Jonathan Uh that's
1: So, this episode is. What'd you call Raising the barn! Yeah!
0: <clears throat> Guess what they do in this episode? Freaking Lapis raises the barn!
1: <laughs> <laughs> right into the sky! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, we see what the Fallout does to to Lapis and Paradise. Lapis gets scared. Yeah. And, um,. We we see uh, Peridot being nervous about about leaving it, getting up and leaving everything.
0: But talk to her about your feelings, though. Exactly. But no, though.
1: <laughs> Why not, though?
0: Cause we got a nine minute runtime, and we're two minutes in, though. See,
1: I I thought it would it'd go way darker than that. Just like, hey, we basically imprisoned Lapis. <laughs> I feel like I owe her something then. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I don't think we'll get that from Lapis just because it's something that too much of the fan base might relate to of, like, PTSD or, like, traumatic situations. Oh,
1: yeah. I don't think the writers will touch that one. Hmm. I I feel like they... They t- touch on it, what you call it. Lapis doesn't want to be caught up in, in the situation she was again. She doesn't want to be thrown thrown back in the mirror. She doesn't want to be in the crossfire of two two factions. Or trapped trapped
0: underwater in the ocean. Yeah. Uh, just in terms of darkness I don't think they'll go there oh yeah <clears throat> we got a song in this one mm-hmm. for a minute
1: uh, then we got
0: a phone call what she call it Freaking... Steven wait he Steven? started a little bit of a song and then there was a phone call and I wrote I swear if this is Ronaldo I'm making Jonathan review this episode by himself <laughs> gosh <laughs> it wasn't Ronaldo it was Peridot and Lapis yes and
1: what did they say, Jonathan? I uh, would you call <laughs> I love Peridot's line on this. Just like, see? I told you to pick up, and, <laughs> and he was just ignoring us <laughs> for the past three days. And I was just like, yeah, that's good. And just, Steven's face is, is a great reaction to it. Just like, oh, sorry. <laughs> but, it's a it's a great uh, circle of that. Uh, Steven explains the whole situation, what happened on Homeworld, and how he escaped. Lapis goes like, what? <laughs> you, you were put on trial, and you escaped? We, we gotta go. She's ready to run out. <laughs> yeah. And so
0: she says, they're gonna lift up the barn and leave. Mm-hmm. But Peridot asks about all, about all this stuff we'll take it take it with us We and that's literally the answer to everything yeah just but we're, we're only on season 4 of our show we'll take the TV with us but what are we gonna watch it on we'll take the VCR with us but where are we gonna, I'm taking the barn yeah and she lifts it up then Pumpkin gets scared she drops the barn and I thought she crushed Pumpkin <laughs> I thought it was gonna be a thing where Pumpkin got crushed and Ooh. she was gonna be like, "Oh no, my rationality caught up and hurt something I love." Mm-hmm. But no,
1: we're no. good. He ran off and they went to go find him. See, I thought <laughs> it'd be a thing of Paradot knows where where Pumpkin is is all all like all along. I thought we'd get the same fake out. Yeah, because if you can kind of just tell from the start and just like, "Oh yeah, Paradot's not cool with this." Yeah. It was weird. Uh, they go looking, they come up on a
0: stand, it's onion's onion. Yeah. I was afraid because I don't like onion. (laughs) I said, oh, I said, oh crap, here comes onion. And then, uh, Peridot said something about how, uh, pumpkin wouldn't relate with, here's a certain type of vegetable. And I just said, pumpkin's racist. And Onion popped in. I said, oh crap, here's Onion. (laughs) But they end up finding Pumpkin. Yeah. Paradox gets the strength to talk to Lapis. Indeed. And I don't know.
1: Pumpkin doesn't want to go. Yeah.
0: And Pumpkin represents me. (laughs) (laughs) And the barn represents you. Because you put up a front too. But you're being lifted away. And the broken pipes represent... Our broken friendship, and there's so many things in this episode that represent my feelings about other things. Indeed, this episode was a little bit hamfisted.
1: That's her. Although, would you call it? Uh, yeah, it. I felt like it was something that that needed to happen. Just like, if they're going to have divide, I <clears throat> rather than just go like, hey. Would you call it? No, this is not a thing where we where we find a compromise on this. No, I need... I, I don't want to be caught up in this situation again. And I, I felt that was very true to Lapis' character.
0: Oh, yeah. I felt like the <coughs> hand-fistedness worked for these two. It mm-hmm. wouldn't work for the other two. For that point that I said, uh, do you want to discuss? And you said skip. Yeah. <coughs> for that reason, I think it worked. Like, just because it would work as a coping mechanism. But... Uh, uh. I think overall if this episode had been between any other two characters it wouldn't have worked as well. But because our barn girls were a little awkward, it kinda worked out.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't have much else to say about
1: this one. Jonathan? Um Yeah. There's there's a lot to envelop on what'd you call it? Uh of, doesn't doesn't really know how, how to express herself. Uh what'd you call it? Let Lap is Kind of has <coughs> has possessive side to so Just like, yeah, like, if I, I go, you're all gonna go go with me, right? It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. And Pumpkin's afraid of everything. Yes. Oh! Well, what'd you call it? Just. Pumpkin feel, feels like an analog. Just like, hey, I, I like being. Being loved, I, I don't like being pulled around. <laughs> yeah. I was afraid she was going to break his vine when she was pulling his tail. Oh, yeah. It made me sad. But he was fine.
0: Hmm. He was fine. <laughs> but I like the app because the app's gone. Huh.
1: His vine was fine. Indeed. Unlike Vine. <laughs> Indeed. But, yeah, that's just the, the short of it of uh, what you call it. Just. Finally, uh, expressing your, your feelings, whether you're, you're scared or not. Just talk talking out. And I, I feel like that's a good, good lesson to present within this episode and just in general. Yeah. I mean, I see the necessity of this episode,
0: because it's like, yeah, sometimes people aren't ready to talk about stuff, and sometimes those emotional development connections don't always come so easily. Mm. But, uh... I feel like again, if it weren't these two characters it wouldn't work. But I think it served its purpose to kinda say, Hey, sometimes talking stuff out's hard. And if you need that extra push or that extra thing to help you out, go for it.
2: Yeah.
1: And so yeah, the, This is our our episode for me. Mm-hmm. Uh what'd you call it? Is very straight straightforward in the point that it was making. Yeah.
0: Uh, I said there wasn't much to talk about on this one. Felt a little bit like a less subtle version of Cation or mm. the end of Dewey Wins. Uh, definitely a hard act to follow Cation. but this episode did serve as an opportunity for contrast, demonstrating how talking about your feelings doesn't always resolve them, and some people can still be consumed by their past and their problems. All right. Even after a solution seems like it's imminent, unless it's there, people can still struggle. I give it a three and a half
1: out of five. <clears throat> and uh, oh, uh <coughs> I like this type type of uh what you call it these types of lessons, like I said said before and uh, when we were discussing Duty Lens, uh where just like not everything th- the main characters do are going to result in a positive. They're they all have different motivations on, on why why they're there and why why they do things they do, and those things are going to conflict sometimes. And there's going to be some falling out between between two characters of like, controversial opinions made. Yeah. Now like like that. Agreed. It's a good different type of conflict that we're not used to. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. What's written it's the score? Uh once again I gave a three and a half out of five. Hmm.
0: You know what we are used to though? What? Jonathan given a weird transition.
1: Uh bits. I
0: called this episode Back to the Lab Again. I don't know why. I was getting tired at
1: this point. I a <laughs> so Jonathan, what's this episode actually called? It is actually called Back to the Kindergarten. Cool. That's pretty close to your one. I was just thinking about Dexter's Lab because Paradox makes me think of Dexter. Dude, I I have that whole entire rap, rap volume, album of Dexter. So,
0: speaking of things that are sad, Peridot's sad. <laughs> yeah.
1: She's alone. And she's listening to her full album of country, or that one country instrumental loop. Yeah. Uh, she's held up in steven's bathroom because the barn is gone oh, yeah <laughs> it's, we get more <laughs> steven can't use the bathroom <laughs> jokes we also got a weird
0: scene of steven cleaning his ears but he doesn't have an inner ear yeah so I, we just got an up close shot of steven <laughs> rubbing a q-tip around just the blank space that is his ear
1: yeah <laughs> that was weird gosh uh, although, I, I can't say, like, if we saw the inner workings of his ears, look any better. Because it's it's too detailed for the art to tell. <laughs> Maybe just not do close-ups of people <laughs> <clearing> their ears.
0: <laughs> Bold concept. Yeah. Just thought. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> in this episode, they go back to the kindergarten. Amethyst is meeting with all her friends, holes, and... Peridot says, hey, here's how you can read who is in each of these little birthing areas and explains, like, iron deposits and everything. And they come across a flower that has the same colors as Rebecca Lupin III's wife. (laughs) gosh. And they decide, hey, Peridot likes farming. Let's have her grow flowers here in the destroyed rubble of a kindergarten.
1: And so they did. In what did you call it? The uh, peanut gallery comment while I was watching this was like, shouldn't they test the soil first? And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Uh,
0: For most of the episode, it felt like most of it was the farming montage, right, and then right. riding trains, which are now called clickety-clack ship, or no, called clackety ships, that's what she called them. That's mm-hmm. funny. Oh, that was uh, Steven carried a very large amount of uh, I think it was soil. They just had, like, an absurd amount of stuff that he was carrying. I was just like, Steven got
1: strong for this montage. Oh no, what do you call it? We've seen it in the past that Steven has, like, super shrink in some sort of way. But it's just like, This is something he doesn't activate often. Like, I was taken aback. I was just like, Steven, you need to punch more people. Yeah, Uh, what'd you call it? I I distinctly remember in a past episode, uh, what'd you call it? Like, Steven was lifting up something and Greg was just like, when could you do that?
0: Now I'm gonna make you go back and watch it. Good guy. Find all the episodes. Watch them all. Tell me what episode it is. Jeez. If you find it, put it here. If you don't, don't put anything here.
1: Yeah. But I distinctly remember the super strength being being a thing mentioned in past episodes. My other
0: thoughts, uh, just for this one, because again it felt very montage heavy. The soundtrack for the gardening montage felt very much Animal Crossing inspired. Mm. I know
1: Rebecca Schiffer's a fan, um, so it, just like, call it. it felt like that in uh, Harvest Moon. Yeah. Uh, a Vivi and I can't remember like the duo who who does does the music for for the show do a good good job on on a lot of instrumentals and they yeah. they inco- incorporate a lot of the, themes from things they they like and stuff.
0: It was very atmospheric, it was wonderful.
1: Yes, yes. Also, I
0: wrote those flowers are going to be dead. So I didn't have faith in this project from the beginning.
1: Hmm. <clears throat> and it felt like that that was the the point they were going going to go for. Like, it was it was too too riding high for way too long for it not to be a thing of, like, yeah, we're happy that we did this. And then just like, oh, it didn't work, work out. Yeah.
0: And it turned out the Rebecca flower was actually
1: uh, a monster. One we haven't seen in freaking a lot of episodes. Yeah. My thought was, oh crap, called Cuphead, because it looked like one of the vegetable uh, trio. Like, it's it's been a minute since we've seen, like, a, a gym monster.
0: Yeah, I think the last time we saw it was Jasper. Yeah. And she was, like, recruiting them, and... I don't know why I want to call it Hoth from Star Wars, but... <laughs> <clears throat> the time where it's weirdly snowing and then not snowing anymore. They visited Hoth, I'm convinced. Alright. So... The monster shows up, and it's actually really quickly beaten by Smoky Quartz, who doesn't speak because it costs too much money to hire Nicki Minaj again, <laughs> <laughs> even if she isn't the voice actress. Anytime a fusion shows up, she gets royalties.
1: <laughs> I want to just, like, friggin' Nicki Minaj just looking up any time, like, <laughs> Steven. Universe fusion speed and I I feel like I should be getting paid right now. <laughs> Not everyone's Sugalite. <laughs> Good gosh. But yeah, inconvenience of, of hiring guest stars as, bo- as voices for fusions.
0: Well, anyway, Silent Cartoon Smokey Quartz takes out the monster. Yeah. And Paradot has a self realization. And feeling subtext and at this point it just felt like too much and I kind of gave up on writing my note and just said okay too much self-aware about own feeling subtext which is something I've also noticed in cartoons lately I think this is Rick and Morty inspired or at least that's the first instance I'm aware of it where people are doing something bad or problematic but then explain the psychology of why they're problematic but continue to do it anyway like, yes, I know that uh, I'm doing this podcast and it seems like obsessive behavior to control a series I have no control of over, but it makes me happy because I feel inadequate, okay? Like, that kind of thing. Hmm. And that's what this felt like. Because we already got this
1: realization in the last episode. Well, it's, it's a concept that's been been explored, uh, What you call it my favorite line from the anime, uh, Lion Bar- Barrels of Marren is uh, a exchange between the main main villain and the protagonist and the protagonist is is awfully is like all throughout the series labeled as, as the worst because he's destructive he he uh what you call it has problems stop stopping like villains and things all throughout the series and the villain just asks like why do you continue to do this and then the hero goes because it makes me feel cool right? and i just like it so much because like a a part of doing good things whether you you like it or not is just like you feel good by doing good things you feel good by making other people's happy happy so the same could be said about some of your your bad habits of like how uh what'd you call it you can kind of uh like go into separate self-deprecation jokes because what you call it, if you can laugh them off, they they feel more nonsensical and such, than, rather than like, just things that are de- detrimental to to yourself when they actually come up.
0: Yeah. I agree with all those points. I just locked eyes with a baby photo of Jonathan from across the room. <laughs> 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 oh. Is there any way to put that up on the screen? I'll scan it. <laughs> yeah.
1: All <laughs> oh, my family photos and yeah, yeah, okay, I'm right.
0: <laughs> It's just a picture uh, for those of you that can't see it in audio. It's a picture of a bald-headed baby Jonathan in a red button-up shirt with a big smile, clearly not looking at the camera. Can guys <laughs> Oh, I agree with all of your deep points about self-deprecation and how it feels like if we make fun of ourselves first, no one else can. But that just got my attention. Oh, man. (laughs) I want a copy of that.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure that's from me from elementary school. Oh, man, I love it. I love it so much. Gosh. But... (laughs) yeah that that's what what i want to say about that it's not not entirely a new new concept but it's not a concept that's explored pretty well because we often go like hey you're doing the wrong thing but if you can learn about doing the right thing you'll you'll feel a lot better and you'll be able to improve yourself and you feel feel like you learned a lesson when it doesn't always work like that <laughs>
0: yeah <clears throat> i feel like it's also a technique in these 20 minute shows to save time on character development by making them already aware of the faults but choosing to do things in spite of it yeah i give this episode a 2.5 out of 10 or out of 10 man i really hated this episode. <laughs> did you read <write> <laughs> i wrote 2.5 out of 10 oh geez the other ones are out of five. Uh. <laughs> and i proofread these notes too so i must have meant it good gosh Okay, too much self-aware about own feelings subtext. 2.5 out of 10. I guess I got sick of it after four episodes.
1: (laughs) I kind of... I I spent run these while I was awake, so yeah. It it wasn't too bad bad for me. Uh, It was... It was okay, but it wasn't, like, much. It was... I felt like it was necessary to clear... Paradox feelings, but what you call it? It's it's an episode just for that. If Jim
0: Cation felt like it was longer, this felt way short. Hmm. This felt like a
1: five minute episode. Oh yeah, that's fair. So I've got my final thoughts out. You yeah. got anything? Oh, that's it. I said my final final things about it. And, uh, <laughs> country music instrumental. Metal is-
0: <laughs> that felt like it was out of the YouTube library.
1: Yeah. You Royalty free country instrumental.
0: <laughs> well, Jonathan, you know what you say next? Uh something about the bits. I'm excited for this next one. I like Sadie Killer a lot. Hmm. Sadie Killer. Sadie Killer. The perfect Halloween episode coming to you at the beginning of November.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You're right.
0: (laughs) So Steven goes and wants to check up on poor little Sadie. She's real sad because
1: her boyfriend is in space. Indeed. And she has to work both jobs in.
0: You with half her sanity can we agree now not to get in too hard into
1: sad minimum wage talk on this one oh,
2: yeah.
1: should <laughs> you call it I, I can say really quick quick though it's depressing <laughs> oh
0: feel free to chime in but I don't want to get sucked into the vortex and feel oh, yeah. sad
1: we're not, we're not. Mm. we'll are not. touch on it later.
0: so uh, <clears throat> Stephen comes in ordering donuts checking on Sadie and it turns out he's getting donuts for band practice.
1: Yep, and a whole also, bunch of napkins. <laughs>
0: yeah. Also, what the heck is a powdered donut with sugar on the side? I I don't understand how you put powdered sugar on the side of a donut. Where would it go in the box?
1: Do you call, I, I I guess they put in those little to-go cups, like those little like condiment cups that. Why are you dipping a donut, though? <laughs> just eat it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess if you don't want it on your fingers, but even then, when you dip it, you're going to get something on there. Yeah. What's
1: so she I, I feel like you, you can, like, so it doesn't, like, just smear across the box. You can just, like, powder it yourself.
0: Yeah, but then, on like, on the side specifically, like, implies that you want to be able to, like, apply your own powdered sugar. Yeah. But it's in, like, little cups. And it's powdered sugar, so it's, like, it's gonna fall in a clump. Unless you sit there and, like, meticulously sprinkle it on there. At which point, you've pretty much just made more of a mess than you would have if you just had donut in the box.
1: Yeah, ever said Steven was a bright character.
0: <laughs> you ever get so stuck on a throwaway line <laughs> that you forget about the rest of the episode? Because <clears throat> I gotta check my notes. Oh. So, he's with the cool kids. We mm-hmm. had a cool kids episode.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> and... What you call it? There wasn't enough, but Buck, Buck Dewey. Uh, what you call it? Isms.
0: Will you read my next note on the top there? Just first line.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, what you call it? Wait, more more encouraging. Yeah, very very t- above that. Okay, why is Buck Dewey James? <laughs>
0: Because in this episode, like, (laughs) he's just saying stuff. (laughs) Why is Buck Dewey Jaden Smith for an episode? (laughs) Gosh. I don't know why he's just, like... Usually Buck's so cool and, like, supportive. This one, he's just saying random stuff. (laughs) Like, weird, pseudo-deep stuff. So, anyway, uh, they go down and realize they have no place to practice, and they have a show coming up. Because Buck Dewey decided to book a show when they didn't have a... Set, or a song, or a musical style, and so they find out that they can go to Sadie's, and they try it out there.
1: this felt very sitcom, <laughs> complotty. Yeah, a little bit. I put us on on the talent show list. Yeah, for for the big prize money, we all all have to find big big talent that we can put on for for a show. And then the the characters are just like, "Okay, yeah, I totally love to the Be talent show. Let's figure out something. just like, no, no one actually plans out things like that.
0: <laughs> this is true, So they're all sitting in Sadie's room and they end up finding her secret stash of Lars and Sadie date night movies, horror movies, <clears throat> and they all decide to just sit and watch it rather than work on the thing they need to be working on, yeah." because deus ex machina will deliver all problems. (laughs) (laughs) So they're listening to the horror music and they realize, that's our sound. And they start playing. And then we can do this. And then they realize we need some deep and profound vocals. And then Sadie starts singing. To which I started singing, musical Sadie. Yes, yes. And then it went dark. And I wrote, dark musical Sadie. K- gosh. And she sings the song, We Are the Working Dead. Indeed. Which I love. I thought it was cheesy. <laughs> it was so good, though. Good k- k- gosh. It was such, like, super cheesy Halloween music. <laughs> it's like Monster Mash. And I don't like Monster Mash. So that's, that's Man, where the This is, is why we're not friends in real life <laughs> off the channel. Good k- gosh. Because you have different taste in music than I do because cheesy Halloween songs are the best (laughs) I didn't just hand you a giant folder of music like two years ago I have no memory of this event so anyway, the cool kids are super supportive of Sadie's singing Mm. because the cool kids are supportive and cool and then the song is too relatable and it hurts me
1: ah, yes yes so, the Working Dead song is, is very, very close to home for the, the
0: Working Dead. <laughs> if you've ever had a job, or you have a job now, and you feel a little bit sad, this is the song for you. And it's the next great song to hit the top of the charts no matter what Jonathan says.
1: No. <laughs> Well, as you call it, I, I don't <coughs> won't say that people's uh differing opinions may, may boost it up.
2: Yeah.
0: One weird thing that I saw during the Working Dead song, at the end where she's eating the donut, and it does like her silhouette, hmm. she looks like Lars.
2: Hmm.
0: Like it just looks like a silhouette of Lars. Maybe. Interesting. Go ahead and put it up. Everybody okay. take a look at that, isn't that weird? Yes. Like it's just it's just Lars. It's not even like a it's Sadie dresses, it's Lars. <coughs> I think that's bizarre. And then Sadie said because she wants to perform with the cool kids and be able to have fun again and and Lars appropriately, but she can't because she's always working.
1: And she quits. Well, we're not there yet. Oh, good okay, gosh.
0: <laughs> but she said The cool kids try to go on without her, and Steven has to be the new scary one. Steven's not very good at being scary.
1: You're too cute for your own good.
0: So he goes to Sadie for help, and she gives him devastating tips. Like just super sad. Mm. And super like Sadie clearly hates her life. Yeah.
1: And i and I <clears throat> I think this can be interpreted in two two ways, just like Steven being his own oh old uh kiddish self or just like trying to bait Sadie into realizing she she's meant for this. Yeah.
0: So anyway, the night of the show comes out and Steven They go to get him, and he's wearing a navy blue blazer. Mm -hmm. And Buck Dewey is just like, is that the scariest jacket you could find? Stephen's like, yeah. Which means at some point, Buck had to give Stephen the directions to go find a scary jacket. Those words had to leave Buck Dewey's lips. (laughs) Like, Stephen, before the show, you gotta go find a
1: scary jacket. What? <laughs> yeah, because uh Sadie had the the scary Barker jacket. Right, but just the
0: fact that he's when he says is this the scariest jacket you could find like he specifically had to just say, Go find a scary jacket. Yeah. Like not like go find a jacket like Sadie's, not go find one that fits our vibe. But just go find a jacket that <laughs> incites fear in people. <laughs> <Good gosh>. Business <laughs> Oh. Oh my gosh, that's a deep, sad moment that business is the scariest thing in the episode about the working dead. Yeah? <laughs> Ooh, Steven's got layers. Good gosh. <laughs> but. Yeah. And then, oh, so I there. just wrote that Buck needs to move to Neo-Yokio. <laughs> so I'm still around that James Smith train, apparently, because it was like 3 in the morning.
1: Yeah, uh, what would you call it? Friggin' Freaking... I want to remember the line of, what you call it, uh, I think it was, you can stop be- being cute as much as I can stop being cool. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> yeah, then Sadie, as they're driving away, Sadie catches them. It's like, I can do the show. I can do all the shows. I can do everything. And they're just like, what about your job? And it turns out, Sadie quits. And next, Stephen Bond, we're going to be dealing with the donut recession that hits Beach City when there's no working <laughs> at the Big Donut. And it turns out Mayor Dewey was right all along. <laughs> this segment brought to you by the Ad Council of Re-election of Mayor
1: Dewey. <laughs> Mayor Dewey's gonna get reelected off the donut shop. Or Mayor Dewey's just gonna work the donut shop now. Ooh,
0: that'd be a good place for him. Yeah. He said he'd get a new donut boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mayor Dewey upheld one promise. Donut
1: Dewey. Ooh, Donut Dewey. The Mayor of Donuts. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> nice seed <seat> plant, universe. <laughs> Curtiverse. Nice. You heard it here first. Mayor Dewey
0: replacing Lars and Sadie at the Big Donut.
1: It has to happen.
0: <laughs> We're calling it. These are the theories. Yes, yes. You heard it here first. We are the working dead. <laughs> Yes, but final thoughts. Uh, my favorite episode so far had the steam bomb. Uh, I th- I think it's just any time put Sadie and the cool kids on screen because mm-hmm. it felt again very night in the woodsy. Oh yeah. The game uh, for anybody that didn't watch our last episode. Uh, just overall, it was like it's a. I don't know the trope for, but it's a trope I love of just like fall time fun with friends.
1: Mm. I like. I, th- I think it's feeling of suburbia for me. Or just small town. Yeah, like a, su- a f- fallen suburbia thing.
0: Because mm. it's like one of my favorite episodes <clears throat> of Regular Show when it was running is the episode where they explore the abandoned zoo. It's just them all hanging out, having fun. There's no driving force. I think it's a gorilla attacked? I don't remember. I think it was a gorilla. Hmm. Regular show is weird. Yeah. It did not get the send off it deserved. What you call it? Friggin did, did you see the last episode? Yeah. Oh. It was unceremoniously pressed between two episodes of Teen Titans Go. Ah.
1: That is a sad send off Yeah.
0: I was big in the regular show. Regular show in space. The whole thing.
1: Hmm. I... I only... Uh, caught, caught the last scene And I, I thought it was pretty pretty heavy It
0: was heavy mm-hmm. Spoiler alert for regular show And I'm going to do actual spoiler alert Because This is a CM related property uh, I'm going to give you just a second To like plug your ears or whatever I'm going to say it in 3, 2, 1 okay. 3, 2, 1 Pops is straight up dead It's messed up Yep. And
1: his dad dies too later <laughs> Well, he was old. Yeah.
0: Like, Pop sacrificed himself for everybody.
1: Threw himself in the sun.
0: Yeah. That poor man from La, La Land. Man, I hope they had indication to come back. So anyway, uh, I give this one a 4.5 <laughs> 4.
1: out of 5. Jonathan.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I thought this was a pretty okay episode. How uh, would you call it? I oh, he's. Should... Wish they had uh, a bit more dialogue between the, the cool kids. But, uh, what'd you call it? It's It was good.
0: I want more Sadie Killer. So bad. More of everything that has to do with the Sadie Killer. Love it so much.
1: I like cool kids' conversations usually in whenever they sit. Whenever they're there. And I, I like uh, Sadie's in inner- interacting with the cool kids because he's just like, ah, they're they're so, so cool and they're just like, we're just trying to just hang out. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Quick, Jonathan, I've been converted to an audio format and I don't know where I am. Where am I? The Bits?
2: Excellent.
1: (coughs) I'm gonna end up on the floor again.
2: Okay,
1: so why were you laughing? Just because it was, it was just straight like, (coughs) like yeah, (laughs) and that topic. (laughs) So it was. (laughs) Here's my score.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, from one point to another. Yeah. So, going on to, (coughs) uh, what is this episode called? Kevin Party. Oh yes. Kevin Party. So the final episode of the Stephen Bomb was called Kevin Party.
1: Oh jeez, I I got a I got a joke joke for you after the podcast. I'm concerned. All right, uh,
0: I will say that every time Kevin did something I did not like in this uh, episode, mm-hmm. I wrote "Go away, Kevin" in my notes. Please tell them about the plot while I silently count to myself.
1: Okay. So, um, Kevin dri- drives up while, uh, Steven's still, still sad about, about Connie. And, he goes like, hey, so Connie's coming, coming to my party and stuff. And he goes like, what? And just like, yeah, I told, told her you were, you are coming, so come to my party. And what'd you call it? So, uh, what'd you, well, yeah, they, they both have a a like back and forth of just like, no, we're, we're not friends or any anything just like wait. You you and Connie Carney aren't aren't friend friends right now? That's the only reason I am invited both <laughs> You you gotta get back back together. Here's here's an invitation. Get hand me your cell phone, I'm gonna give you my number. <laughs> Whatever. And just it's the most awkward exchange of just like, we don't like each other, but I I need you to do the cool thing that I like. <laughs> <clears throat> Which was turn into Stefani. Because every time Stefani's
0: around, the coolest stuff happens. Also, the answer is 22. Go home, Kevins. Keep One it. variation, go home, Steven, to make 23, and go drown, Kevin, was 24. Hey, gosh. Also, in slight other variation, uh, go get your jacket back, Derek. <laughs> Yeah, So, uh, when the episode started up, my first thought was, ugh, I hate Kevin. Fine. Yeah. Then I had two go-home Kevins. And then I noticed Kevin uses proper nouns for, or proper pronouns for Stefani. He oh, yeah. said they. I was like, oh, cool. Kevin used proper pronouns.
1: But on the other hand, go home, Kevin. Okay, <clears throat> I, <laughs> I like the, uh, what'd you call it? Uh, Steven Universe's u- universe, uh, um, comment on it, which was Kevin's not as garbage as a person as he could be. <laughs> I thought it was
0: just a thing that Kevin straight up just didn't know. Uh, Fair. Uh, then when I he said, hey, I invited Connie to my party, I thought he was lying. I wrote, Kevin's lying. Go home, Kevin. Followed by another go home, Kevin. And then I liked subtle reference. Well, not so subtle. Where, uh, after Stephen puts his name in Kevin's phone, Kevin looks at him and goes, Your name is Stephen? I thought it was Clarence. <laughs> Gosh. There's he watching this podcast after the fact. Clarence is a show currently, well, barely currently running on Cartoon Network. It's it's still running? I think so. <clears throat> and Stephen and Clarence have a similar body type. So yeah. it was mean. But a good reference. Hmm. <clears throat> Uh, then we got to the party, and Connie got a haircut, and it looked cute, but then uh, Kevin said, I am going to help you get Connie back. Yeah. By being a jerk. Yep. The- and he's gonna teach you how to be a jerk. And so I told Kevin to leave his own party.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> then I said, three go-home Kevins, as we entered a montage of Stephen acting like Kevin and being a jerk, and... Trying to pretend he didn't need Connie.
1: Also, Clarence is definitely still running. It's, it has new episodes. Oh, good for Clarence! I like Clarence. Yeah. All
0: things behind the scenes aside. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> then I wrote Kevin is an idiot. I don't know why. Let's just say for everything.
1: Yeah, oh, uh, what'd you call it? It was very much, uh, what you call it? Yeah, act act like like you're you're a jerk, so so you can get by you don't you don't need her and she'll she'll love you love you for it can we talk about like just for a minute like a good minute
0: mm. the look Connie gave Stephen when she saw him for the first time yeah what that, you thought freaking that's that scene super super good that hit me that took me back and had me feeling feelings I hadn't felt in years yeah. i just like Like middle school, like
1: seventh grade, like feelings. Mm -hmm. Like that hurt. Yeah. That was so well done. What did you call it? Friggin' the look over and then like the background goes black for both of them. Like, straight up, that felt like
0: real life. Like, I was suddenly back in a moment where it felt like the background went black and things zoomed and just the wide eyes. Oh my gosh, that scene was good. Yeah. It hurt me, but it was so good.
2: hmm
0: Man, like, bravo for putting that scene together, because that, like, you don't even have to, like, have a situation like that where you stop talking to a friend or, in Kevin's case, girlfriend or whatever, to just, like, you feel that moment. Yeah. Like, everyone has had something like that or knows that feeling, and they portrayed it so well. <clears throat> Indeed. Bravo. I stand up, but you can't talk because this is an audio podcast. Also, I'm lying. I'm still lying down. (laughs) (laughs) You chopped the
1: piece of, like, lead? (laughs) Yeah, it's from this blanket I'm sitting on. Oh, yeah, that that has like very long strands of fabric and everything. But yeah, that hurt. Yeah. And then Steven acting like a jerk hurt because the feeling was
0: attached. And it all hurt more, and it was real sad. And then Kevin said a weird thing that his whole drive for life was that he wanted to have the last thing people said as they died to whisper to their grandkids that Kevin threw the best parties. Yeah. And when things aren't going Kevin's way, he throws a tantrum, and he says the line that I hope will one day be etched on his grave. I need those old people to whisper my name when they die.
1: <laughs> Good gosh. I I like his, uh, his outburst when... When uh, Steve Stephen Connie made made up and everything, just like, you guys having fun at this party, yeah, you're all liars. <laughs> <laughs> Call that Kevin sucks
0: as a human being. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's, it's it's good in that that moment just because it doubles down on its <laughs> just like yeah everyone's actually enjoying his party. He's like, mm. no, you're not. You're all liars. We talk about how Kevin beat up Derek for his jacket. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and. But then again, Jarek was also the guy sitting in the hot tub.
1: So, is he just sitting in the hot tub with his jacket on? See, I always thought Derek was... Was the guy, like, just off screen. They address him as uh,
0: the hot tub guy's Derek later in the episode. Oh, okay. So, anyway. uh, The peer pressure happens super hard to Steven. Because Kevin keeps pushing him to stuff. Mm. And that's not cool. Don't push people like Kevin let people either come together or don't separately. Yeah. As somebody that's been have people push him into relationships his whole life, mm-hmm. that never ever go anywhere because I don't accept myself to that kind of peer pressure and neither should you put impo- young impressionable listeners at home. Yes. Uh, Take the advice of a stranger on the internet and don't accept to peer pressure. Do not form relationships because other people want you to. That's for when you're older and networking. Indeed. For now, make sure that your friends are people you genuinely enjoy. And if you do decide to enter a one-on-one relationship with somebody, make sure it's because you want to. Not because anyone tells you you should.
1: Good point. Good point. Very valuable lesson.
0: Indeed. But the episode kept going and Steven susceptible to peer pressure and everything gets sad and the montage feels too real of him trying to impress Connie and nobody caring i uh, i put in three more go home kevin's then told kevin to go home cuz he's a friendless loser
1: yeah. uh uh come from the peanut gallery for this this episode uh would you call it hey is, is he going to have have a redemption, redemption arc like the like the guy from Stranger Things? And I go <laughs> go No. Kevin would need a whole lot more to get a redemption arc on Steven Universe.
0: There's a Kevin Bomb I quit the podcast. Just know that. If we ever get a Kevin redemption arc po- arc in a Steven Bomb, like if there's ever a Steven Bomb dedicated to it, I'm done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kevin Baum, <bomb>. Yeah. <laughs> There's
0: ever a Kevin Baum I am done. Good gosh.
1: No, you you, you can't save Kevin. He's no. His whole reason behind actually wanting to to get uh. Connie and Stephen back together is disgusting, and you know. <laughs>
0: yeah. <clears throat> Kevin's just disgusting in general. Yeah. So Stephen finally tries to talk to Connie, and he's trying to be super cool about it. And it sucks. And it's painful. Yeah. And you just know that he's hurting his friend. And then Connie gets upset. And that's real sad. Yeah. And then they both end up just like falling apart and emotionally like exposing everything and gushing to each other.
1: Yeah. Uh what you call it. Steven tries to play play cool like state uh what'd you call it, Kevin told told him to. And then Connie's just like but it's not cool! <laughs> Everything that's happened in, for the past few days hasn't been cool. We need to talk.
0: <laughs> and then. I wrote out, and this is all in caps. Again, this was at 3 a.m. Yes, talk about your feelings. Bring back the self aware and. Way too introspective self-reflection. Do not let Connie and Steven end up like these sad losers from Beach City. Oh crap, I just got the impact of the last six episodes all in sequence together. Also, Connie just got way shorter than she was two seconds ago. This is so touching.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Again, you can write a book. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, what did you call it? Actually, the, the full explanation of, of everything, like, made, made sense. And just, like, pouring out, out of her, and then finally Stephen, like, snapping out of it, just, like, going, like, yeah, I, I can't do this. I, I have to be, be my, myself and actually be vulnerable in the situation. And the best
0: part was that the whole Stephen bomb actually connected. Because each way that a character processed their emotions was Steven seeing a different option for how he could go through his problem with Connie and get through what was being faced and understand her better. And so he ended up using everything that he saw throughout the other five episodes to fix his problem with his friend. And I love that. If we get more Steven bombs like this, where they all actually connect organically and well, and Steven... Silently learns a lesson with maybe without even realizing it. I am totally on board.
1: Yeah, and also good form form of apology. You should always ad- address that you understand the thing that you d- did wrong, and what and what exa- exactly happened, and what what you should should have done done and said. You shouldn't just go like I'm sorry in in just go like yeah that's that's a good apology. No, you you have to acknowledge why you're st- sorry why why be- they're feeling sad and what'd you call it say what you're go- going to do about it
0: yeah. then Kevin gets creepy again is trying to force in the fuse lie
1: saves today, the day yeah
0: and then they leave
1: <laughs> but before, I follow oh go ahead but before that uh I like the comment of Stephen makes it just like I, I feel like Kevin's been hurt before <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so, yeah,
0: Kevin's left alone, emotionally. He's got a bunch of people around. Yeah. This screaming. Just like, come back here and fix my party. Derek needs to get his jacket back. That bothered me. Yeah. Derek doesn't get his jacket back. Give Derek justice. <laughs> Give Derek his jacket. Hashtag justice jacket for Derek. Indeed. Somebody tweet that. I won't. I don't use Twitter anymore. No, tweet that at me.
1: Gosh. <laughs> uh, you, are you talk, talking talking me? Tweet that at you. I want
0: someone to tweet it at me. Okay.
1: Uh, oh gosh, what's my Twitter?
0: It's either at Samold or at Samold Samold. I think it's Samold Samold. Uh, did you call it? I'll, I'll pull it on screen. I don't even know, man. Somebody tweet. Hashtag jacket justice for Derek for me. Mm. Let's get that started. That'd be funny. Anyone who tweets that gets a shout out. That's the rule. And it made me mad. Derek gets the star wipe of the episode. Don't give, or not Derek, Kevin. Don't give Kevin the star wipe. He's a jerk. He don't deserve the end star zoom thingy.
1: Indeed.
0: Jonathan, anything else for final thoughts?
1: Uh, <coughs> no, I just, I just like that, the line from Steven.
0: <laughs> All right, my final thoughts, and again, this was at 3 a.m., mm-hmm. this whole episode sucked except for the Connie and Steven conversation that made me far too emotional. This episode has tapped into feelings that I haven't felt in years of rejection and confusion, and dang, that was good writing, five out of five. <laughs> You There's it. no punctuation in that. Wonderful. <laughs> and it's all in caps.
1: <laughs> I was getting tired, guys. Yeah. Uh I liked it a lot. I like like the framing of some some of the things in this episode. I think it was like you've gotta be cool kid but not actually cool, be a be a jerk, the the show that that you're insensitive sensitive thing and Ladies will love you, but not actually. Type of episode. But, terrible lesson. Yes. But, uh, what did you call it? I like the, the conclusion of it, and I, I feel like it, it makes it.
0: Hmm. Agreed.
1: Uh, my
0: final well, thought this episode served well as an example of not letting other people shape you or tell you that you have to be okay. Yeah. And I feel like that's something like an undertone we've been working with a lot with the uh Stephen Bomb. Lapis was able to tell Paridot, I'm not okay. I can't just be okay because you want me to be okay. Mm. Stephen, even though his friends were trying to help him at the cabin or at the ranch rather, he still wasn't okay and he had to deal with his problem mm. and he wasn't going to just tell them like, hey, this is my problem outright because he was invested in the problem. And imperiled. And <laughs> Uh When Peridot tried to garden because that's what Amethyst and Steven said she should, it didn't make her feel better. It was just something to do. And you know, it just kind of goes to show that you really can't define your emotional state by the needs of others. Yeah. Because otherwise, you become a hollow version of yourself. Your emotions are valid. Your emotions matter. And never let someone tell you how you have to feel. Exactly. Because that person does not have your best interest at heart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting sentimental, y'all. And, uh... Yeah. Like... It is... I thought it was very, very, uh... Good that... The conclusion of the episode is just, like, the the thing that bridges them together is just, like, they're both being vulnerable to each other and they're able to, like, make up upon that.
0: Absolutely. It was a very natural, organic kind of back together. Nothing was magically fixed. An outside force didn't bring them back together. They didn't have to fight a monster and put aside the differences. Yeah. They just talked. Exactly. And they were real. And sometimes in life, you have to do that because the only monsters are the people that try to tell you that you're not allowed to feel things. Hmm. And those monsters sometimes
1: just aren't worth fighting. Indeed. Uh, that'll probably be a million years before we see an hydrogen monster. <laughs> Jasper will come back. It'll be fun. <laughs> so, overall,
0: concluding thoughts on the Stephen bomb. Jonathan, would you like to start us off?
1: Okay. Uh I like it as a whole. Mm. Uh what would you call it? It has has my, has dips for me. Uh what would you call it? I I feel like some some episodes feel a little like too short mm-hmm. and what you call it? The whole thing feels kind of presses as a whole, but altogether it feels feels really good to have a a good plot string throughout the episode. Mm. And just, it makes makes sense for them to be put together, unlike other times where it's just like, uh, we gotta spread out some character development for this character, and this character, and this character, let's see if, how how much time we can take to do that. While this one was just like, hey, this event evicted everyone, mainly Steven Steve and Connie, and we're going... Sp- Explore at and everything will come together to make Stephen realize what he what he did exactly wrong <clears throat> I feel like this episode
0: or this series of episodes rather had more depth than we've seen in a very long time for Stephen bombs oh, yeah. uh, I think not since the motel episode have I felt like the characters have been really developed And not since the first Stephen Bomb have I felt like the episodes were so interwoven that they couldn't be presented for the first time in any other format than together. They could stand alone really well, which is something that we've missed from a lot of them Mm. uh, in the past. And I admit, some have been lesser than others. We had a 2.5 out of all of our groups being the lowest score for me. And some of the episodes did fall a little less than the others but I feel like we got far more positive than negative in the Stephen Bomb and that overall the lessons and discussion that can be had made the bad far 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 outweighed by the good and that even the fact that we can sit here and dissect the moral which is something we've never done just shows how much thematic attention went into the Stephen Bomb's
1: composition and I I think all all my grabs could just be explained as just like, hey, uh, working on a cart cartoon is hard, <laughs> and what you call it sometimes you don't have resources or, or the time to do, like longer form form episodes, and what you call it, for what what they had had time and uh, money for was good.
0: Totally agree. Overall, it felt very rewarding. It felt like a payoff of building up for a long time and there's some of it that I know is going to reappear in the series I know that there's a lot of it I want to revisit like I'm gonna rewatch Sadie killer that's probably one of my favorite episodes of the series now <laughs> and I know I'm gonna go back and watch Kevin party selectively and just skip the Kevin parts if it's altogether possible <laughs> but I feel like I got some of my favorite Steven Universe moments that we've seen in a while I definitely got a favorite ep. Well, one of my favorite episodes out of it. So all in all, I think this is the best Steven Bum we've had in a very long time.
2: Hmm.
0: What do you know? Eight is the magic number.
1: <laughs> Indeed. So yeah, as you call it, I forgot how we usually end these.
0: <laughs> 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 well. We've gone a little bit deeper on this one. You guys got a longer one because it was six episodes. I think we're hitting like a two-hour mark or real close to it. Yeah. So what we're going to do, guys, is go (laughs) call it for this episode of The Bits, the Steven Universe podcast. Be sure to like the video if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to Something About Geek Stuff for all your nerdy needs. Uh, If you're on iTunes, that means we finally got it on iTunes. So give us our appropriate amount of stars rating. Leave a comment. Those are super cool. Uh, When we start getting a couple more comments coming in, we're going to start reading them on the show like we do on In a Town Called Duckburg. Yeah. Our DuckTales podcast you can also check out. uh, Other podcasts on the channel, Thieves Palace podcast, Persona. Uh, It's on a bit of a pause at the moment, but it's got some good episodes behind it, so check those out. You saw that. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be fine. Uh, But... Overall, I'm still liking the Steven Universe. I look forward to talking to it with you guys next time. Thanks for listening. I've been Sam.
1: And I've been Jonathan.
0: Check us out on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, wherever you're at. And from Homeworld to Beach City and all the cosmos in between, this has been The Bits, the Steven Universe Podcast. Thanks for watching. Hashtag Jacket Justice for Derek.